Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 164 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am once again joined by the wonderful Ray Vargas. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. We're almost out of June. Yeah, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts. Kind of nuts, but you know, 20 that means 2020 is halfway over, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Um, oh man, this is gonna be uh, a sad weekly geekery session because honestly, work has been so busy. I was thinking about this this morning, like what is the geeky thing that I have done? And you know, we talk about how just about anything can be geeky. Mm-hmm. You know, you can geek out on just about anything. Um, but when we talk about weekly geekery, I like to keep it to, you know, just sort of like the classic, like geek properties or, or, you know, uh, hobbies and stuff. And I really haven't had time to do anything. Um, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm at the point now, Joe, where I'm, I'm, my work is is so busy that I'm geeking out about work. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the school, the college that I work for has recently, um, created an equity and inclusion council in order to hear um, student concerns about discrimination that, that they've experienced or are experiencing at our, at our college. And so they asked for volunteers to be on the council and I, I was someone who volunteered. And then I was um, voted in the first meeting, I was voted the chairperson of the council. So um, it's pretty cool. I felt really honored that people would want me to chair this council and sort of guide it. Um, it, it does naturally align with, you know, with my own politics and my own interests. Anyone that knows me knows that. Um, and so, you know, I'm taking it very seriously and I'm, um, doing my due diligence and trying to educate myself as much as possible. Uh, and so that's what I've been geeking out about this, this week really has just been like looking up resources, um, learning about equity work and learning about restorative justice and reaching out to people that I know that do this kind of work and really just, you know, listening to podcasts and, uh, reading up on things. Um, so that, that has taken the place this week of all my, my geeky time, uh, away from my actual full-time job. So haven't really got to, you know, do a lot of, uh, do any painting or, or art production this week. That's kind of been put on hold, uh, for now. Um, haven't caught up with any, you know, anything Marvel or DC or star Wars or any, any of the usual geeky stuff that I really, you know, enjoy. Um, so definitely geeking out this week, but just really geeking out about social justice work. <laughs> I was going to say you're, you're geeking out on social justice work and it's like, Oh, I set my desk up this week. <laughs> <laughs> doing all this good stuff and i'm like i've played a lot of wow um (laughs) believe me joe i i wish i was right there with you you know uh because i do think it's important for everyone you know to to find a balance right and so i'm seeking that that that's gonna come next (laughs) i Mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. for now i'm just you know really trying to make sure that um that I'm doing the work that, you know, I need to be doing. So yeah, definitely this next week is going to be about finding balance there because a couple nights that I did have just, you know, s- finished work for the day and just had time to do a thing, literally just lay, lay there. 
Yeah, I am exhausted. I don't even want to. I didn't even want to geek. I just want to sit here. Just catatonic, just sort of laying in bed. (laughs) My cats come over and lend their their you know paws in solidarity, and just (laughs) just, we're just laying there, just still, just stillness, no noise, no reading, no using my eyes. I did um, have an eye doctor appointment last week. One of the first times in my life that I've ever seen an eye doctor. Uh, and just, you know, I've got fatigue. I'm feeling fatigue and with my eyesight, my vision, that's not good as an no, artist no, no, no. and, you know, someone who's, who is on looking at staring at screens on day all day. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll be getting my first pair of gla- prescription glasses ever in my life. Yeah. I'll be getting that. It's, it's a, it's a small prescription, but, um, so yeah, just all of that, you know, my eyes are just tired. <laughs> just lots of i've geeked i geeked out on on laying down and staring into middle space this week (laughs) (laughs) it's the way to do it totally nerded out on that (laughs) how about how about you man well like i said i i i did kind of update my desk setup a little bit which is i think for a lot of people who game is a a big geeky thing Mm. um when we went to online learning my back was starting to really hurt because, you know, I was set up for a different type of desk work. Mm. And so, you know, everybody was like, well, you need to raise all your screens. And so I've got like, yes. you know, books up on, you know, my monitors up on books and boxes and it just looked awful and it felt awful and it was just bad. So um, I went on to Etsy and got this bamboo like wooden cord box and it's kind of perfect for my main screen. And then I got two kind of glass and metal um, stands for my laptop and my other screen. And so altogether it, it just kind of raises everything up and then the desk itself is almost completely empty and it's beautiful and it makes me feel good because it doesn't feel cluttered. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. So I was really excited about that. I'll try and put a link in the the show notes with the guy who did the cord box because it's really, really nice. And uh, just kind of, you know, it looks classy. We've classied up the joint. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great feeling. I mean, as someone who like really, you know, a, 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 a functional workspace or, or even living space is so important to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. And then um, we, I, I have been playing a lot of WoW. They, I don't remember if I mentioned this last time we talked or not, but they, when when we went all on like lockdown, especially since um, Blizzard is a California company, so they went on lockdown with everybody else. Right. They they put in a a buff in the game where you level twice as fast. And so I have What's a since, buff? since um, it's like um, something that increases power or something to your character. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So uh, since I love leveling characters, it's been like, okay, let's just go with this. And, you know, they just, all of a sudden I've got all these like max level characters just sitting there (laughs) waiting to play. And it's, it's been ridiculously fun. (laughs) Uh, So I've been doing that. And then the weird kind of nerdy geeky stuff that I've been doing this week is Matt is getting into a new hobby. He's getting into aquascaping. 
which is like setting up an aquarium, but instead of being focused on fish, it's focused on plants and it's focused on creating a um, very natural kind of looking setup. God, I love that. Yeah, no, he's very excited to all this stuff is coming tomorrow and he's just like <laughs> yes. chomping at the bit. We planned uh I think on Wednesday we're gonna like drive up into the mountains and start getting like rocks and woods wooden stuff for him to put in. But um you know, I've been watching a lot of the videos with him and I've been watching some of the videos on my own because they're really cool to see these people set up um not just aquariums, but like terrariums and um things called paludariums. So that is the vocabulary word for the week. Mm-hmm. Um and paludariums are ones that have kind of equal parts land and water in it. It's for like frogs and lizards and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I'm watching this guy put together this paludarium and he goes, and then we add the microfauna and he dumps in a bunch of like, you know, those roly polies in the yard. Yeah. Well, they're like five times bigger than that. They're like an inch long. Oh my God. And I'm like, what are those? So I start researching them. Ray, there's an entire hobby of raising isopods, which are basically pill bugs and roly polies. Yeah. And yeah. there are, they, are, they come in all these weird colors and patterns <laughs> and people breathe for color and pattern. And I'm like, what is this? So I've been, I have been watching all these YouTube videos on isopods and it is, it's cool. They sound like the perfect pet because you just kind of put them in a box and make sure that there's like decom- decomposing food and moisture in there and they're good to go. But uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to talk to our biology teacher when school starts back up again because I know she teaches um, genetics and like <laughs> there's isopods called um, Dalmatians because they're white with black spots and then there's <laughs> There's orange, which are bright orange. And so this guy breeds them together. And the first generation are all what they call wild, which is that gray color you see the roly polies in outside. Okay. But then the next generation is four equal parts of regular Dalmatian. So white with black spots, wild, which is the gray, orange, and then orange Dalmatian, where the the spots on those isopods have changed from black to orange because of genetics. It's It's fascinating. Like it sounds weird and lame, but it's fascinating. That sounds amazing. <laughs> we, we like, like I've kind of run out of YouTube videos on that because I just kind of consumed them all. But, um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy and kind of neat. So, I mean, I don't know if I want that in my house though. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean like of all the bugs, cause they're not even insects. They're like yeah. crustaceans. So, you know, oh. and you, you poke them and they still roll up even though they're big. That's great. That's All great. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, you, do you think this is inevitable? Do you think this is a, uh, this interest is a, a result of uh, quarantine? <laughs> um, is that a fair well, question? I, yeah, that's a fair question. I, I'm always looking for weird pets. And since we live in California, you can't have anything legal. Like it's, everything is illegal. <laughs> this is a dog or a cat. It's not probably not legal in California. All right. So I'm always like looking at weird pets and, and you know, low maintenance pets because I just don't have the time. Uh-huh. So I was like, this is cool. I probably won't do it, but you know, they're neat to look at. There's some really pretty ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird to talk about with pill bugs, but I mean, yeah. it's really 
colors. <laughs> Their colors are like very like these vibrant oranges and like stripes, and it's kind of crazy. Oh man! Well, this I mean, again, continuing the theme of you know, you can geek out about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm excited for Matt because Matt really doesn't have hasn't had any hobbies, and so this is the first time he's like really dove into a hobby. And he's totally geeking out about it, and I'm like, that's kind of awesome. So we're we're definitely encouraging that. That's really cool. All right. Well, before we get onto our feature, um, we're going to jump into a commercial break. We haven't had one of those in a while since last week. We just bulldozed through two hours of content. <laughs> but we'll do a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back with our, our feature, which is kind of more of the same grab, grab bag stuff that we've been doing. We'll be right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. And um, we left last, ep- the, the last episode, we left off on me just cringing at a conversation that we have to have today. So <laughs> go ahead, Ray. G- give me and everybody else the, the, the news. Oh, this is great because, like, I was just catching up on all sorts of geek news uh, before we started recording again a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I mean, some stuff I had heard about and, and I just wanted to just go in and do my due diligence and see if there was anything that escaped my attention in terms of news, you know, geek news. And um, this is something that I, I hadn't actually come across. So excited. There was a few things, obviously, that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but this one really, <laughs> really surprised me. It turns out in the, in the ongoing, uh, saga that is the new mutants movie <laughs> that we have talked about so so often on this podcast because joe of course you're a huge new mutants comic book fan mm-hmm. um and uh you know i i thought honestly i thought the the, the story was where, where where we were at with all this was you know the joke was are they going to release it how many release dates are we going to get for new mute for the new mutants movie before we, anyone actually sees it. And, uh, there was like an over under on Twitter. I don't know if you were aware of that Joe, but no. <laughs> people were talking I was just about gonna say we should have started a, po- a pool. Going. <laughs> no, I think there was an over under. Cause at this point there's been four dates. I before release dates. And, and so it got to the point where when they announced the last release date, which I think was, uh, this August people were like, well, that's not going to happen. Like we're, <laughs> I wonder what the next release date is going to be. Um, well now, News has come out that the the director, um, uh, Josh Boone, has revealed that he actually has plans for a trilogy <laughs> of New Mutants films. 
unfortunately, yeah. because of the time that's passed, like it's gonna the first the first of this trilogy is gonna have them as teenagers, and the second <laughs> one's gonna have them in geriatrics. It's ridiculous. So yeah, this this was fascinating to me because. You know, the stories that have been coming out about this movie are, you know, problematic production and reshoots and, you know, not the director's vision and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was it was sold as a horror movie, but then, oh, no, it wasn't really a horror movie. And they just cut the trailer to make it look like a horror movie. And then the director came out and said, no, I, you know, I wanted it to be a horror movie. And then uh, Fox was saying that they're they're walking back from, you know, the, the horror movie uh, aspects of the story and re-editing it to kind of make it more of a classic superhero story. And Josh Boone was upset about that. And so now, and, and then I don't know if you saw this Joe, but then there was word that there actually were no reshoots. Yeah. For I this saw movie. that. <laughs> and now the director is saying that he's actually really happy with where the, the, the movie where the, the editing is now and that it reflects his original vision for the movie that he intended to make. And so he's really excited for people to see it because this is the new mutants movie that he wanted to make. And that's the only thing that's giving me even the slightest bit of hope is because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to trust this guy and we're going to say, all right, let's, let's see what you got. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not fighting with it anymore, Ray. Because because there's no reason to stress out about it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over it at this point. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is. I mean, that is something. You know, I, part of me. I don't know how you feel about this, but part of me is even wondering. Like, I don't know at this point what a spin. And what, you know, what, what isn't, you know, he's saying that he's so proud of this movie and it's the movie he really wanted to make. Is that true? Okay. You know, I'll, I'll take your word for it, I guess. Um, it could just be also, you know, Disney at this point, having this property on their hands and just not knowing what to do with it. Uh, right. and hoping that there's, you know, to generate some goodwill towards it. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter were pulling for, for Disney to just release it on Disney plus, you know, during, during lockdown and just be like, Hey this will become a conversation piece. You know, if everyone can just watch it on Disney plus, why not? So I don't know. I think, I think the plan is still to release it at some point in theaters or well, you know, pay-per-view maybe (laughs) such an interesting time. But if he's got a trilogy planned, you know, I mean, they're hoping that it's successful enough that the the trilogy will, would be viable. Right. As an investment. Right. Um, how do you feel about, because I well, feel like for someone like you, Joe, now this becomes something that, you know, originally you were just like, I, please don't mess up this story that I love. Mm-hmm. And if you do, and this movie exists, it's going to really break my heart. Right. Right. But now I feel like the, the, the potential for win or, or lose has, has gotten ratcheted up. Yeah. Because they're, they're not, they're not throwing it out and starting over like we were hoping that. Well, I was hoping that they right, would do. Right. Um, they they are are moving forward. So all my only choice at this point is to hope that one of two things happen: that it never releases, and it's like that that first um, Fantastic Four, Fantastic movie, Four, Roger yeah. Corman, yeah, yeah, um, like something like that, <laughs> or that it's it's decent. And I'm not. I'm not looking for good because you know me in movies. I set my expectations low, so I'm not disappointed. Um, but 
I don't know. At this point, it's kind of like I would like to see my my favorite characters on the big screen, and yeah. at, and I'm I'm kind of at the point now where it's like. I, I just want them to do it and get it over with so that I know what it is. Like that's the, I yeah. think that's the biggest thing right now is I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be okay. Right. And, and because I tend to set my expectations really low, it's just stressful to see them. Yeah. keep. Well, we're gonna push back a little bit longer. We're gonna push back a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, I do feel better about it knowing that the director feels like his vision has been reached. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, then, you know, hopefully we've got, you know, hopefully his vision is in line with what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I guess that's right. That would be ideal is that he's able to, through this horror uh, approach, he's able to bring the the demon bear story to life and, and give it, you know, what it's due. Although, again... I kind of feel like uh, this is like, you know, putting Dark Phoenix in your first X-Men movie. It's like there needs to be right. build up to the Demon Bear storyline. But I get that that's the most popular, but like, mm-hmm. come on, you know. Um, so so there's that. But if he manages to pull it off, I, I'm see, I guess this is where I would say, even as someone who's not a huge fan of, of the New Mutants, but, you know, I know the stories. Um, if he said, you know. I hope the first movie goes over well because the trilogy, you know, I want to get to the demon bear story in the trilogy. I'd be like, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> like that would right. be great. But now it's kind of like, okay, you know, there's a possibility that it could, it could not be what you want it to be, Joe, but still make a ton of money. And now you've got to sit through two more <laughs> <laughs> new mutants movies. that are well, just. Do we know if this is going to be the demon bear saga? Uh, I I know that there's aspects of it in the in the story. I know that it was there's... relatively early in the run. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do know that there's been, you know, in the trailer, there's been like some hints and and yeah, there's a demon bear new mutants trailer. Like there's there's. So, so what do we, like, <laughs> if we're looking at this as a, if we're looking at this as a trilogy and we're starting with Demon Bear, what are we thinking the other two would be? Are they going to end with, um, Inferno? Oh, are they going to do an that's... X-Men-less of Inferno? No, they can't do that. They, no, that's, <sighs> why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why would why did and this is consistent right it's like this it's like why would you try to squeeze a great story into a not ideal storytelling way like structure or approach you know what i mean because because the because inferno is very complicated yeah on the <laughs> in order to have God. inferno you have to have a jean gray clone and in order to have a jean gray clone, right. you exactly. have to have her die as the phoenix and come back like it's very complicated where i can see them doing an inferno where the goblin queen is actually iliana right and i'd be right. i'd actually be okay with that because i think it would have um if they if they ended with an inferno movie then you assume that those first two movies you've had enough time to build up a a connection to Ileana right and it won't suck 
Yeah, she does seem, I mean, that's the character that I'm most excited about. And even Bill Sienkiewicz, you know, the artist, on uh, original New mm-hmm. Mutants artist, has been glowing in his reviews of, of how, you know, they, they cover this character of Ileana. So he's ecstatic over the choice of actress, over the performance, all of that. Well, she's one of the ones who was like, let's get this going. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't it released yet? Yeah, yeah. And so- we did a lot of work for this film. On the Wikipedia page, on the Demon Bear Wikipedia page, it does state that the Demon Bear will appear in the upcoming film, The New Mutants. So what's the, so what's the middle, what's the middle trilogy? Yeah, who knows, right? There is, yeah, I don't know, man. I know the Demon Bear story was really early on in The New Mutants uh, run- but I don't know. It just even if they pull it off, I feel like it's still. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in my mind it'll still be like, yeah. But they they haven't really done it yet, though. <laughs> like we got no. That's true. You know, we we got a, a sort of, you know, that story, but they haven't really done it. Although maybe that's not fair because I look at I look at the Infinity Saga that we all love, and it's like they didn't follow that exactly. They changed a lot right. actually, but it does right. feel like they did that story. You know what I mean? Like that story is done in movie form. Yeah. Like you, they didn't even really start what was covered in the, the film, you know, the, the comic books mm-hmm. for infinity war until the second movie. Like the, the story starts with everybody disappearing. Right. Right. And so, you know, but, but that, but that still doesn't, it, it doesn't uh, delegitimize the, the Infinity Saga that the MCU just pulled off. So, um, right. you know, when I think about <laughs> Dark Phoenix, I'm like, we still haven't got <laughs> the, the no, true we still Dark haven't gotten Phoenix a good story. Dark Phoenix. And I guess that doesn't mean I guess that doesn't mean you know, or, or doesn't refer to accuracy from the comic book storyline. No, maybe it just you know means like the care for the characters. I don't know, or the gist of it, or the you know the 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 actual concepts or ideas behind the story that we love so much. I don't know. Yeah. What would a trilogy even be like of, of this iteration of the new mutants at this point? And it's like, if, if they were to go with the trilogy, they're just doubling down on this approach to mutants that obviously the MCU is not going to, to pursue. Right. But I'm okay with, I'm okay with them being their own thing at this point. Like if they're going <laughs> to like, because then when, if they get incorporated into the MCU, you know, we'll get a completely different version of it. And you can't complain about, about like different takes on things. Cause I don't know that if this is the demon bear and they use it as a way to introduce the characters, it's not a bad idea because did you ever do, um, next generation star Trek? No. Um, one of the first episodes they did was they contracted a virus, which makes everybody kind of come off as drunk. (laughs) <laughs> and so you you got the kind of inner workings of the characters early on because all of their wants and fears were kind of thrown there out in the open in an early episode. Mm. So if they're using the demon, because um, Danny's whole power is to pull out people's f- worst fears and manifest them as like illusions. Right. Um, so if the first episode, if the first movie is them. Um, us learning about these five characters through their fears. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 
Yeah. What if the second movie introduces Warlock and it's just a ridiculous Transformer-like movie? Oh, that would be awesome. And then they end with like a very dark, tragic Inferno story. Man. Like with Doug Ramsey death and everything. Oh, that'd be cool because then Doug Ramsey's death would mean something. Right. That's, yeah, that's, wow. I would There's be potential. down, I would Whether be down for that. Whether they're going to do it or not, yeah. Yeah. I just sent you uh, on in Messenger a still from um, the trailer that features the, the demon bear. So you can see. How does it look? Is it? I mean, it looks animatronic in the still, but, you know, it's. I'm gonna I, when we're done recording, I'm gonna watch the trailer to see what it looks like. That's actually kind of cool because it yeah. looks like it's talking to her. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, uh, this is so this is so typical of us. Like as much as we're like, no, don't. We're like, oh, it looks cool though. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, but if they, <laughs> if they do it this way, this would be really cool. <laughs> Good. I'm so happy to hear that little bit of of excitement in your voice. Yeah, there's this. a little bit of hope. It's I'm J- Josh Boone. Yay. Don't 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 ruin it for us. <laughs> like I'm I'm starting to get a little bit of my excitement back. Yeah. So. I'm look. I'm looking up at what uh, what I'm looking up. What else Josh Boone has made, and he's worked on the Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made the Pretenders. The Cat in the Moon is also is coming out or came out. Um, I saw the Fault in Our Stars. That was all right for a you know for a YA ish type of movie. I remember when that came out. Um, yeah, it's it really interesting how um, comic book movies are now starting to you know or have been tapping these directors that are really good at like these quiet, like dramas, like young, you know, young people dramas and they're tapping them to, to make these big superhero movies. Right. It's kind of cool. Unless yeah. you're, unless you're Josh Trank. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, cool, well, man. Since, since this was all created by Rob Liefeld, you also posted something about <sighs> him, our, our absolute favorite artist in comic book history. I take, I take umbrage with that. I don't think this was all created by Rob Liefeld. He, he well, the the New Mutants. Oh no, he didn't create the New Mutants. No, he 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 exforced them. Yes, he. Yeah, God, what a definitive like what what a moment, right? Like if you didn't know what the '90s were gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> like you could definitely go back to that change to that transformation and like just see it like you know in your in, in looking back at 2020 going oh wow like they took this beautiful like run of these group of characters that was like you know the baby x-men right the new mutants mm-hmm. and and chris claremont created and you know they brought in um bill Sienkiewicz to really like this re- this artist that was like not your typical comic book artist you know and and he and they just let him experiment with the visuals and just the storytelling just took it on, on you know a whole nother level um i'm a huge bill sinkevich fan by the way if you haven't noticed already um oh, yeah. and you know it's just amazing and and this it was it, it truly was like a soap opera like in in what the x-men were when they first started right mm-hmm. uh and then <laughs> I remember, man, I remember being a young comic book fan and just kind of like still getting my bearings in these, in these different universes or whatnot and picking up issue, you know, 99 and 100 of new mutants and then picking up the first issue of X-Force and going this, what is this? Like, and it's just, God, they X-Forced it. Just, I think cable gets introduced in the pages of new mutants, like 
right? Like in the nineties or, or whatever. In the, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it might've, I think he might've been introduced in X factor. Right. Right. But then like new mutants at that point was like, what's going on at the mansion. That's, that was right, the story. Right, right. right. And so characters that got introduced in X factor and X-Men or whatever, and then the, their storylines kind of ended, but they wanted to keep them within the X-Men universe. They would pop up in new mutants because that was where, you know, the new people were sort of getting their bearings. Yeah. They were kind of hanging out there. Right. And then cable comes in and goes, we're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like gives boot camp this drill We're all instructor. soldiers now yes exactly <laughs> it just like weaponizes the fucking teenagers the teenage team and just you know they go we you know we're gonna we're gonna be our own team now like they're they're um emancipation i guess you could say <laughs> and just they all you know we need a montage of i'm sure there is i'm sure i'm sure there's a montage in one of those issues of all of them like uh, uh, filling their the guns with, with ammo and pouches, like just putting on pouches <laughs> and like just lopping off their limbs and replacing them with cybernetic limbs, and just <laughs> adding teeth to their mouth, <laughs> <laughs> adding lines to their faces, just like gouging into lines. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, this is <laughs> sorry. I kind of went off on a leaf field rant, life field rant there. <laughs> Um, another thing, yeah, in the news uh, that I share that I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, Rob Liefeld is, is, has been coming out in the last couple months with some controversial statements about Deadpool three. And I think what this boils down to, um, is just, he's just throwing a little tantrum because he doesn't feel that Deadpool is, is getting the attention that it that he deserves because it's his baby. Of course, you know, it's like, it's like his, his last claim to like being uh relevant right right it's that this this one of the you know millions of characters that he created has you know found life after his run on the character by the way like after like he wasn't the one who like you know instigated uh deadpool's popularity it was it was a different writer and a different artist and and subsequent writers that have really you know built up this really strong fan base for deadpool um which led to, you know, the movies being made, which have been super popular. You like the Deadpool movies, right, Joe? Oh, I love the Deadpool movies. I think they're the way, you know, Marvel X-Men movies should probably go. They should probably go the Deadpool route. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially uh, their handling of Colossus really cemented that. I love Colossus. I mean, he's one of my favorite to begin with, and their depiction of him is just so dead on. Yeah, it's perfect. And, um... So, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be a Deadpool three, you know, Marvel has said, mm-hmm. has stated, you know, yes, there's plans to make a Deadpool three We're we're not, you know, we, we've, we've purchased, we all own all of, you know, the, the Fox properties now, but you know, we're, we're everyone kind of knows that they're, you know, scrapping X-Men and going to start over from scratch, but because, you know, fans have been concerned they did come out and say, yes, we're going to do Deadpool 3. We're going to continue that in some way. But apparently that's not enough for Rob Liefeld. <laughs> so what did he say? He said, basically, they're saying that they're going to do Deadpool 3, but there's nothing on the books. If you look at their plan, there's so there's there's nothing in writing that you know shows a slot, a release date, anything like that for Deadpool 3. So as far as I'm concerned, this is Liefeld talking. They're, they're, it's all lies. They're just they're just saying that just to appease the fans. But there's no 
plans for they're not making Deadpool three as of now. That's that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. He rips yeah. Marvel rips into Marvel saying the studio has zero plans for Deadpool three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, it's just, it feels like a tantrum. Yeah. Well, I want to know, like th- there's one person that you really need to talk to if you're going to talk Deadpool and see where its status is. And that's Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. Like, is, if he's, if he's sitting there going, all right, we're doing this. Or he's upset that they're not because if they if they if there was a script for Deadpool three and he was on board for Deadpool three and Deadpool three wasn't being made, Ryan Reynolds would be saying things. Yeah, and Ryan because Reynolds has said they're we're going to make a Deadpool three. That's happening yeah. at some point. That is happening. <laughs> this is here's a quote. Do I from Liefeld? Do I know that there is no movement on a Deadpool three right now? I know that. Yes. So there's no movement. And does that worry me? No, not at all. (laughs) What I did was I answered a question honestly. And what I learned this week is just a lie. Just tell people everything is lollipop and unicorns and rainbows. And you'll feel better off in your life because people want to be lied to. Just because some guy goes, yeah, we're still moving along. That's code for there's nothing to see here. So again, he's 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 not satisfied with the yes, we're we're going to make this at some point. He wants a date. And so he's just saying, hey, you know, yeah, they probably will make it at some point, but as far as right now goes, there's no date, there's nothing in the works, there's no movement right now. Rob Liefeld wants movement on Deadpool 3, people. When when was this when was this released? <laughs> this is in May. Like if it's in May. It's in the middle of it's in the middle of a friggin' pandemic where everything has shut down. <laughs> like of all the things that you could throw out there as, hey, this needs to be talked about right now. I don't think this is it. Right. Oh, right. read and the room. An- like, yeah, exactly. Read the room. Another thing is like, and and the article that I shared with you, Joe, touches on this. You know, Marvel had like a multi-year plan for. Endgame for you know for for the Infinity Saga, and it has a multi-year plan in place for what they're doing going forward. But that doesn't mm-hmm. that's we know now that that's not set in stone. No, you know we we could we could hear an announcement at any time about oh this release date is now scheduled for this movie. So just because there isn't anything in writing set in stone for Deadpool three doesn't mean that you know. It's gonna. Ha- it's not gonna happen until phase six or seven or whatever, right? Like that's not what that means. <laughs> so it's nothing. Well, it, it has nothing to do with the Marvel universe right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's like you can re- release it at any time, and it has no bearing on their on their regular universe. Like, yeah, there's if there's no script or they're not happy with the script, yeah. or you know, if there was a concern that this wasn't gonna get made, you'd be hearing it from Rob. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Until I, he starts saying something, I'm not terribly concerned. Exactly. I think I think this is just Rob Liefeld taking an opportunity. He was asked a question and he took it as an opportunity to sort of air out his 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 uh grievances with with you know Deadpool not already being addressed at some point in the plan. <laughs> I just I see a crowd of people and I see Rob Liefeld jumping up in the back going, Hey, yeah. I'm still relevant. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's yeah, and it's just the other thing that gets me about this is like, 
geez, like, do you really want to give people another reason to not have to deal with you, to not want to deal with you? You know, like, like, God, your character's popular. They, you know, if they want to keep making this, these movies, which the fans want, I would think that at this point, fans of Deadpool will just be shouting at Rob Liefeld, just be quiet. Like, just stop. Like, don't become a reason for people to want to ditch Deadpool because they don't want to deal with you. Right, right. And you know? I mean, uh, the, and if you want to just be crass about it all, it's going to make money. So, of course, <laughs> Disney's going to do it. Like, yeah, like of course, they're going to do it because it's going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think there's also just a lot of speculation as to how Disney's going to handle the X-Men and when, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think there are people out there that want it to be a, a now rather than tomorrow sort of thing, you know? And I'm okay with it being a tomorrow, tomorrow sort of thing because I think we need some distance from what we've gotten recently i feel the same way but i know that you know not everyone feels that way plus i mean right now all of our major marvel characters are starting to get up there in age the actors are and they're not going to be playing these characters forever and so you've got two choices you can start digging through and you know pulling out west coast avengers left and right or you can be like all right we're going to kind of put to rest the Avengers storyline. And we're going to start focusing on the X-Men or the fantastic four, which have a much bigger, you know, pool of characters that are popular. So it's not like you're not going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel because you used all your good characters right up front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I trust them at this point. I trust Marvel. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, you know, who knows what what's going on what goes on behind the scenes you know uh you keep you keep alluding to you know Ryan Reynolds voice in all of this and you know he he's the star he's been the catalyst of for these movies for a while um you know he's he's pulled it off <laughs> you know his mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the vision that he has signed on to has has been pretty fucking great so far um who I wonder what if any talks between like what Ryan Reynolds and Disney or Marvel, you know, what that has been like. Um, one thing that Liefeld says that I actually liked hearing, he said, um, my opinion is Ryan Reynolds should be steering the ship and just completely handed the reins. Liefeld said, uh, pointing out that the actors become so involved. He even got writing credit on Deadpool two, even to the point of plugging characters in, give him three characters. He can integrate and let him integrate them. If people ask what I want to see, that's where it begins. Just please don't micromanage the guy. Just give him free reign. Yes. Yeah, I, I would, I can, I can jump on that train because Ryan Reynolds is kind of amazing. Yeah. But you know, you know, again, Kevin fake Feige and Marvel has a plan. And so they're going to want to make these Deadpool movies, but they're going to want to also make sure they make sense with their plan. And mm-hmm. so who knows, maybe Ryan Reynolds wants to get the ball rolling and he's using Liefeld as his, you know, <laughs> his, his megaphone. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, Hey, maybe. go out, go out there and, you know, shake the table a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so he doesn't have to be the bad guy. He yeah. can come back in and go, yeah, yeah man, yeah. Rob's getting loud. Maybe we should start doing something. <laughs> Because, you know, what if you're Ryan Reynolds and Marvel says, it's great. We love the Deadpool movies. We want to keep making them. Um, you know, pro- we're thinking five, six years is what, you know, and <laughs> that would also be kind of like, ugh. but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. 
<laughs> he just uh, Rob, yeah he just <laughs> <laughs> he just has it down at this point he does it so well <laughs> just uh so yeah so we'll see i i'm super excited that the x-men has you know is is back in marvel's um control yeah you know what i did it's definitely a positive thing i lied early during the weekly geekery i I lied earlier i'm um i actually did something did do something geeky this week i totally forgot about until just now last night while i was cleaning my apartment i um put on x-men first class oh nice just listen to it in the background while i was cleaning i love that movie so much uh it's not it's not perfect it's got some problems but gosh what a great hopeful like chapter (laughs) I was just gonna say, do you remember when we had hope going out of that movie going, Oh my god. Wow, they're they're gonna they're gonna this is gonna be awesome. This is just gonna be so great. Yeah, we got like a banshee. And we got yeah. like, you know, we got you can it's so funny because you can see the problems there. Like you can see how Matthew Vaughn was able to minimize the ongoing issues with Fox's take on the X-Men. They're there, Mm -hmm. but you know, him and his, his writing partner um, who I think is his wife as well. I'm not sure, but um, they rewrote Brian Singer's treatment for X-Men first class because Brian Singer originally was going to, was going to direct it. And then he moved on, but he stayed on as a producer and Matthew Vaughn and his writing partner rewrote uh, singer's treatment and really changed a lot of the the plot. I was reading about it last night before bed. And so, um, you know, you could see Matthew Vaughn trying to minimize some of the problems and, and so glad that he did that, but they're still there, you know, like ba- basing a character's role on the popularity of the star, the celebrity that they have playing the character is one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, we were so hopeful. And I think that's part of what, even though singer came back on for, for days of future past. And I'm not a huge fan of singer and his take on an X-Men anymore. I think a lot of the good that came that, that was in days of future past, I think it was owed to the strands that were pulled from X-Men first class. Right. So yeah. Um, cool. Marvel X. Awesome. Yeah. Life shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the next bit of news that I shared with you, Joe, I'm, I'm, not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if this is something that, you know, we even want to talk about, or I don't know, maybe end up editing out, but, um, how this is about Artemis Fowl, the, the yes. popular YA series that was recently finally adapted into a movie, um, and released on Disney plus. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a big YA reader. Um, I know there's a ton of series out there now and to, you know, with varying degrees of popularity. I know that Artemis Fall is a very popular one uh, that the fans of um, have been wanting some kind of adaptation for a while. Um, but I was not really aware of this property. Um, the reason why it even got on my radar is because so many people were talking about it when it was released on Disney+. Plus. I, I know very little about Artemis Fowl. It was not something I ever really connected with. Okay. So um, it just was something that was just on my timeline, like every day for two weeks. <laughs> I was like, people were complaining basically about how it wasn't the, the vision that they, that they were hoping for. You know, when you, you know, when you're a big fan of something, Joe, and you wait for a long time for it to be adapted and then you're concerned, you wouldn't know anything about that. Would you? I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That, that doesn't make, like, why, who, who does that? <laughs> and so, um, the, the, you know, I read up a little bit on it. Um, the, 
the synopsis sounds fairly interesting. I mean, I feel like most of the synopses of, of these YA stories sound pretty interesting on, on, on paper, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of depends on how, you know, how, how they're sort of explored by the writer and obviously by, you know, the adaptation. Um, a lot of them happen to take place in the post-apocalyptic or some kind of like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just, um, just kind of a future slash, devolved version of society <laughs> i i have to say i saw somebody online i don't know who it is otherwise i'd credit them they were they were talking about um all the the stuff that's going on in the world right now and you know how people are complaining about the protests and and the riots and and everything and somebody said okay so you fed us with all these things like harry potter and hunger games and when we see injustice, you don't think we're going to do something about it? Like, that's what all of our childhood heroes did. It's like you're giving us the opportunity to kind of, you know, pull from that experience and and have this, this moment where we're, you know, standing up for what we believe in. And, and you're surprised by this? I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I feel like at some point the conversation, I don't, maybe, you know, it's probably already been talked about. I'm just, it, it's really interesting to me how many of how much overlap there is in all of these stories these ya stories yeah um for this one it says uh a novel about a criminal boy genius with designs on carrying out the most impressive heist in either human or fairy history okay that's kind of awesome right i'm all about i'm all about heist heist films so yeah yeah uh, I'd read that. Right. Maybe that's what I'm. Maybe that's what I'm going to be listening to. <laughs> a criminal boy genius was the thing that really caught my attention because it's like, oh, oh, he's he's is he the bad guy? Right? Like, is this is this like the first like is this like an anti anti teen hero? Yeah, we don't get too many of those. Right. Um. It says, uh, Eon. I'm totally pronouncing this first name wrong. Colfer's novel and its subsequent follow-ups were the exact kind of edgy wish fulfillment that spoke to kids who, feeling misunderstood by their peers and parents, lost themselves in books and te- and the technology out of a desire to feel more grown-up than they actually are. Um, it's a character trait that defined Artemis himself. And so, again, super popular. People have been you know, ex- waiting for Hollywood to, to sort of adapt this into a series or, or a film. Um, and so it's finally happened. Disney did it. Uh, and it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I was waiting. Ooh. I was waiting to try. <laughs> Talk to me about Kenneth Branagh. Uh, okay. Okay. Joe, so go, <laughs> he's best known for, as far as I'm concerned, directing Shakespeare and that's fine. Except for the fact that he's way too old to play any of the lead characters, but yes, yet insists on doing so. Um, so, but he, you know, I mean, if you're going to see, if you're going to show Shakespeare to your class, you usually show something that's been directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, he also directed the Frankenstein movie that I showed in my classroom for many, many years when I was teaching Frankenstein, and it's terrible. We would make fun of it. Like, that's why I had kids watch it, because it was so bad it was good. Like, it, it falls into the so bad it's good category for me. Like, you can <laughs> see people who are supposed to be dead still moving. Um, like, it's just over-the-top cheesy. And if anybody's watched it, you know what I mean by Flaming Ball of Elizabeth. And that's all I'm going to say. 
Um, <laughs> if it requires any sort of special effects whatsoever, Kenneth Branagh is not the person you go to. <laughs> it's always bad. So as soon as you said that it was directed by Kenneth Branagh, I was like, oh, those poor fans. Because no, like stick to Shakespeare or historical drama and, and no, just no. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> since you, since you liked, uh, the synopsis, the, the real quick kind of vague synopsis that I gave, um, I'm going to give you a little bit more Joe that I think this, this part, I think I specifically want to share with you. Cause I think it'll put this book on your list. Um, the whole shtick of Artemis Fowl is that he's essentially a preteen Bond villain. Nice. Meaning that he's clever, creepy, and most importantly, complicated. And so his, his billionaire father disappears and him and his mother fall on hard times. And uh, his mom sort of, uh, you know, breaks down and Artemis decides that he has to figure out a way to restore his family's um, fortune. And so he's, he's really brilliant. He's smart. He's gifted and he knows it and he's a criminal mastermind. (laughs) And so he hatches a plan to steal, um, to steal his, his fortune, the fortune from the secret community of fairies and other magical creatures living beneath the surface of the earth. But these fairies are, are not what we think of as fairies. They're, they're like fairy warriors. Wow. Battle ready, tech savvy. They're, 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 they're compared to Wakandans in this, in this write-up. So that's That's the story. Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right. So, so all of you listeners who are, uh, you know, aware of Artemis Fowl, weigh in, weigh in on the book, weigh in on the movie and let us know, like, are we missing stuff or is this like, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I think that's going to be part of what I, I listen to this next couple of weeks. But yes, weigh in and we will we will talk. So there were a number of, of interesting things about this whole story that made me want to sort of cover it with you, Joe, even though I'm not, you know, a big reader of YA fantasy novels and I hadn't heard of this. Once I read the kind of the log line, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then this is a case where this film was supposed to come out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like this is a case where, you know, it actually they decide Disney decided obviously because of COVID and everything rather than releasing it in theaters that they would just stream it on Disney plus and just put it out there for people to just watch and enjoy. Um, which is interesting to me because I feel like so many of us have been wondering when is that going to become a thing? Right. You know, like there's like, we were waiting for we it. Were, we were, people were wondering if the black widow movie was going to be released on Disney plus. I'm glad they didn't though. I honestly think that's going to be my first movie back in theaters. Man, I don't even know. I don't even know if if it's seeing a movie in the theater is even going to feel the same. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's going to be weird. When are we ever going to experience a, the 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 feeling of a full of a packed theater on opening night? I think we will. We have very short memories, and we already have people that are trying to just <laughs> ignore their way through this whole thing. Okay. So. 
you know, I, 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 I see, I, you know, I don't think masks are going away anytime soon. I mean, they are certainly big parts of many Asian cultures. So, you know, we're just a little behind the trend on this one. Yeah. And, um, and so I really do think, you know, we're going to, we're going to still be able to go to big crowded movie theaters again. It's just going to take a while. Yeah. I mean, they got to, just got to get this thing knocked out and then, you know, I think we're going to start, we're going to crave things to go a little bit back to normal. And even though they're never going to go completely back to normal, I think people are going to try and push into that feeling. Right. Right. Um, well, I guess my question then is, is will I ever experience that feeling again? <laughs> Am I going to want to sit in a packed theater on, on opening night ever again? We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. I'd love to hear from listeners uh, who are, who, you know, are fans of this property. Um, again, you know, unfortunately the way that I became aware of this was just the complaints from, from fans online saying that this movie missed the mark that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the tone of the, of the story. I mean, I, I think at this point we're all kind of accepting of the fact that there's multiple different ways to adapt, you know, certain properties. Like it doesn't, I, I think we're saying goodbye to the days of, you know, you didn't follow the canon exactly. Right. We're we're accepting the fact that, okay, there's going to be changes. And I think for the most part, from what I've read, fans seem kind of open to that. There's a lot of different ways that you could take this Artemis Fowl adaptation in, right. Or a lot of directions you could take it in. Um, So I don't think that was necessarily the complaints that were being made or that I saw. It was more just the overall tone of the story and the characters um, Mm -hmm. that they, you know, I guess, I guess Artemis being a a preteen bond villain is a little snarky. And I mm-hmm. think all of that was sort of lost in the in the, the story that or the movie that was made, to so where it became more about a, a son missing his father, and and just wanting to feel that warmth of that connection again, rather than this you know young villain who we just like want to see do like villainy stuff because he's he's cool and cute or whatever. This is see this is why this is why English and literary analysis is so important. And I think that's one of the big problems. I think that's why it was a problem with um, Ender's Game, not Ender's Game. Um, oh, uh, Ready Player One. Yes, Ready Player One. And and a lot of these other films because they 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 miss the point of the the book. And unless your your adaptation is trying to keep the same, it doesn't have to keep the same story. It doesn't have to keep the same anything except for the whole point like the, the reason <laughs> the reason why it was put out there and if you, if you stray away from that you're not making the same movie right right and, and i think in in this way it's pretty evident that i think storytelling in different forms uh can be more adventurous or more I don't want to say experimental, but just, you know, that's the point of the book, right? If that's the point of the book, that this character is this way, I can totally see a movie studio saying, we need to make the character more likable. (laughs) And Mm -hmm, then like mm -hmm. totally changing the whole point of the story, right? Right. Um, And that's one of those, that's my pet peeve. That's one of my pet peeves, honestly, when it comes to to movie adaptations or stories is just this whole idea that the main character has to be likable. I I totally, I think we're beyond that at this point. Or or rather, I should say, there's lots of ways to make a character appealing. Right. They don't have to be a saint. No. You know, I'm perfectly fine with identifying with and really liking a, a, you know, (laughs) like a a shitty person. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, well, especially because I mean, it makes them it makes them more. There's more layers. Like yes. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I love Heist. If you haven't seen Heist yet, you need to watch it. Um, you know, it's a you're 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 rooting for the criminals, and even the ones that are absolutely horrible, you you feel bad when bad things happen to them because they're real people. They're not just caricatures of what a villain should be. Right. And just, I mean, I just, all you got to do is look back at like so many classic movies. <laughs> you mm-hmm, can see mm-hmm. They're not like, a, now that I think well, this is interesting. What, what, what I think we're starting to touch on maybe because there's, there's, there's so much nuance to these, these perspectives. I feel like uh, on storytelling and on characters, Joe, what do you think about this? What we're talking about right now can easily, easily, I feel like, be a, a perspective that is adopted by anti-PC people who say, exactly, why are we making everything, all these stories and characters PC? You know, like, they, they don't have to be likable in that way and blah, blah, blah. We should just let them be, you know, reflective of humanity or whatever. What would you say to that? Well, there's a difference between being... <laughs> there's a difference between being PC and having depth. <laughs> like there's, there's a huge difference there. Um, you know, peace, the, the idea of being politically correct is, you know, it, it's basically trying to keep people from saying things that are just going to get them into trouble. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's like educate yourself to know, how to refer to people and just so that you're not a horrible person, right. you know, it's like, right. it's like, so you're being respectful to other people. And I think PC culture should really be about respect. And when it gets to be not about respect is when it becomes problematic. Um, Amen. And so there's room yeah. there for a character like Artemis, let's say to be villainous, right. To be, yeah. to be a nasty mm-hmm. person, I guess, or to be a, you know, a snarky kind of whatever to be conceited, to be arrogant, you know, um, there's room there for that. Right. Right. For, for that kind of depth to a character. Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, to make something PC or to, or to make something um, more respectful to more groups of people doesn't necessarily mean to that. Every character has to be, you know, a, a, uh, I don't know, a walking Testament to humanity or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think i think it's good i think i like i said i'd be very interested i'm gonna i'm gonna be interested in listening to it because i don't i don't read anymore like <laughs> if it's not on audiobook it doesn't it that's not true i do read some nonfiction, but um but yeah i think i'm gonna start listening to this and and you know maybe we'll talk about it again in a future episode so let me know if you're an artist foul fan and and let me know what i'm i'm in for awesome um, well, we've been recording for a good over an hour. Should we? Uh, should we call it here? <laughs> sure, we, wow! Yeah, we can do that. Jeez, man, we just go. <laughs> we just go. Well, we started with we started with with New Mutants, and it's That's not going to go quickly after that. That's a good point. So and we've I, got we've got like two at this rate. We've got like two or three more dude, more weeks of great. content. That's great. <laughs> I love where this Artemis file conversation just went. Yeah, I fucking love that because it, dude. Yeah, imagine imagine how it will be when we've both like 
actually know what we're talking about. I know. As far as right? the characters and the story. Go. I know. I know. But I think like, so one of the, some of the feedback that I've heard back from people that didn't know that I was doing a podcast, I ever done a podcast. I shared it on Instagram and apparently that's where all my friends are. Cause they're like, what? Like when? <laughs> podcast? But um, they just like that. We don't talk about things the way like normal geek podcasts talk about things. Like it's, it's more than just the geek aspect of it, you know? Right. Right. So um, I think that's just kind of comes naturally to us at this point, Joe. It's what we do. Yeah. I think, you know, so, so of course you're absolutely right. You know, if, if we know the characters more intimately and the stories and what we're talking about, that's obviously better, but I mean, I'm not necessarily going to bring up Artemis Fowl, even if it's something that I really love. I'm not going to bring it up just to geek out about the story. I want to talk about how this this particular story or or property is engaging with like the social things that we're talking about, whether it's, you know, uh, toxic fandom or whether it's, you know, PC culture or whether it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I, that's the stuff that's interesting to me to talk about with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's all good. And I think I like I said, I think, you know, the we, there's a lot of properties here that we're we're kind of, you know, getting to each um each week and just kind of looking at how they fit into the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Because I mean we are dealing in a very different world than than when we last had <laughs> episodes coming out regularly. Yeah, that's true. So what I'm gonna do then for my for my weekly geekery, maybe to sort of like make sure I have something I'll, I'm going to just familiarize myself with the stories that were, you know, that I want to bring up. Yeah. And so like, that would have been good for this week at this point, maybe to, you know, put on a, 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 a um, book, a audio Artemis fall audio book or something to listen to. And, or at least maybe a, you know, a podcast about it. Right. That's been my thing right. lately where like, I used to like read Wikipedia pages <laughs> about <laughs> rather than actually read the thing or watch the thing, I would read the Wikipedia page about it. Um, now it's like podcasts. It's like listening to someone talk about or deconstruct the thing or review the thing. Works for me. Works for me. Awesome. Uh, any, any shout outs this week? Oh God, I didn't even have, do you have any shout outs this week? I don't. Um, other than actually, no, that's not true. I do. Um, I want to give a shout out to, um, the geek to geek network. They're putting out all we're, we're, we are putting out, but it's not me. I mean, I'm putting out this, but, but the network is putting out a lot of really good stuff. And so if you're not subscribed to multiple geek to geek properties, you are missing out. So I would definitely advise you to check out all the different stuff. I mean, if you have a, an interest, we are probably covering it somewhere. So, so check out geek to geek because they're good people. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to someone that I follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Their name is Walila Nahanda. They go by it's Walila on Instagram. They are queer. They are an organizer. They are a writer. Um, they are extremely informative and amazing follow on Instagram. Walila just recently gave a talk, a very informative talk on the duty of the artist in a revolution. That's cool. I found amazing, an amazing resource. Uh, And they streamed it live on their Instagram for anyone to follow. I am a Patreon supporter of Walila. Um, And, 
And if you're looking for a new voice to follow, give them a follow because this duty of the artist in a revolution talk is, is, was recorded and is posted on their Instagram, uh, live channel feed. Um, so check that out. It's short. It's only about 40 minutes, uh, and super packed with information. Like I've listened to it three times already, uh, just taking notes and just looking up things that they, they introduced in the talk. So check that out. Um, shout out to Walila. Um, pretty amazing. Awesome. Yes. Very cool. Um, next week we're going to be diving into more just news that's kind of drifting out there that we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music at ben, by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows and make sure to join us on our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast or join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? I am on social media way too much, and you can find me at Ray Vargas3. That's Ray Vargas and then the number three. I spend most of my time on Instagram and Twitter, although I'm on Facebook sometimes as well. Uh, and if you want to check out my artwork, you can visit my website at rayvargas3.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. Um, I'm glad that we're we're getting to talk again on a regular basis. Getting back in the groove. Getting back in the groove. Um, so hopefully you will have more time to geek out this week. Yes. And for everybody else out there, make sure that this week you keep it geeky.